The Truth About College Admission podcast, as well as our book and workbook, are brought to you by Johns Hopkins Press. Visit press.jhu.edu to learn more about their wide selection of books and journals from the world's most trusted authors, experts, and sources. I am Brennan Barnard, one of your hosts. I'm the Director of College Counseling for Con Schools Network and the College Admission Program Advisor at Making Caring Common. And I am Rick Clark. I'm the Executive Director for Strategic Student Access at Georgia Tech. And it was great that we had a great conversation with TJ Snowden from Morehouse, um, who was in admissions there and now is in the office of the president. And um, Rick, I mean, I, I know you've known TJ for a lot longer than I have, and um, I've quoted him in some of my pieces in the past, but um, just a, a real great leader in in college admission and college administration. And so um, really appreciated the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as we as we get into it, I'll, I'll just put my finger on one thing for people to listen for. Um, and that is he talked about, you know, asking the questions that are on your mind. Um, and he also talked about his job at Morehouse, you know, which which, you know, in many ways is sort of a um, consigliere in some ways for the president. Right. And a proxy for the president. And one of the things he was talking about is a lot of people want the president's time. And that means that people are even coming to the president looking to ask their questions. And I think this idea of agency, I know you talk a lot about this in your writing and and programs and things like that. But, you know, what do you care about? And being proactive to find those answers and look for the experts and the people who can answer them. And I think as a as a junior or any you know student or parent in this um in this admission experience, I think that's my takeaway is how important yeah. it is to say, I care about this. This is what I want to know. And I'm going to go seek out that answer. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and, and he talked a lot about like going right to the sources, right. And going, and going to going on campus tours and, and the importance of you know, kind of when they were putting together their virtual tours, like the importance of student voice. And so um, I, I would encourage people to listen to that and also listen to TJ's story and um, his own story and some of the assumptions he went into the uh, process with about kind of affordability and, and things like that, because I think it's uh, those are important messages for students and families to hear. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we we didn't even sort of get a chance to really kind of pursue that um, too much, but he talks about transferring, you know, and I, I also am a transfer student and, you know, increasingly um, students are finding different routes to their ultimate goals. And I do think that as we move forward, this this idea of being flexible, this idea of maybe it's a, a different start term, maybe they're asking you to start abroad, maybe you're looking to transfer, but you know, breaking out of sort of a traditional mindset and being open in general, I think is another big takeaway. Absolutely. Well, enjoy this episode with TJ Snowden. Today, we are joined by TJ Snowden, Chief of Staff for the President at Morehouse College. Welcome, TJ. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. We we wanted to start the way we do most of these podcasts by just first getting a sense. I mean, now people have heard your title and, and they're impressed. But uh, looking back right uh, at yourself as a high school student and, and your college admission kind of experience, can you tell us just kind of briefly about that? And then what would be a takeaway for families? Like, what, how could they apply that, whether it be a, a student or a parent? Like, what do you feel like you can extrapolate out that uh, you'd like to leave folks with here? 
Oh man, that's that's twenty something odd years in the making, man. <laughs> no, I don't look it, but you know, it's um, you know, my experience was it was interesting, right? It was I always knew that I wanted to go to college. Uh, my mom was a, has been an educator for thirty plus years, mind you. I'm only forty, and so it's been the majority of my life. And I knew that was the thing, right? That was going to be a, a step in you know the direction for me and my professional life. Um, so my experience with my you know, college counselor, they were guidance counselors then, mm-hmm. uh, that may not be the term to use these days, <laughs> uh, but it was, uh, it was, it was a little more hands-off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I say that because, you know, I was slated to be the valedictorian. I knew that very early on, probably by my junior year, um, knowing that I was just kind of on that path. And so the expectation was, um, I was going to go to college. I was going to, you know, get a get a scholarship or get uh, something, you know, similar to Georgia and Louisiana. We had tops. Right. And so yeah. tops was going to provide tuition and fees as long as you stayed in the state. And, you know, my thinking was, OK, the state is a is a standing state would be a uh, would be a, a second choice for me because I wanted to leave kicking and screaming because I wanted to see something different. You know, Monroe. Mm-hmm as great as it is in one of those really small towns that, you know, you, you can kind of run straight through because a, a major interstate goes through it. And, mm-hmm. and I wanted to see something different, had been born and raised there. And so wanted to, to get to a different space. And so father lived here in the state of Georgia and I looked, Hey, this could be, um, this could be a really good place for me. Right. It's a bit, it's closer to a big city. Although Snailville is, is almost seems like a world away from, <laughs> from Atlanta. Uh, but it was it was a great experience to come here. And I thought this would be a great place to continue my education. Uh, and so as I think about, you know, working with my college counselors and it was, hey, here's an here's an application, fill it out. And this, we were talking about paper applications at this point. So mm-hmm. you got to use the right. you got to use go by pen. Oh, yeah. All the applications were, you know, were written in and you got to, you know, mail it, mail the stuff in. Uh, and so it was. um it was a, it was a interesting experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think I mentioned a bit earlier is that, you know, because I was a class valedictorian and because there were expect or, or things just kind of set in motion with the state schools about paying for school, my in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I'm I got a 4.0 or you know, high 3.9 plus uh, you know, made fairly decent test scores, and that's when, you know, well before test optional. Uh, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna get a scholarship. And I did get some scholarships that were uh, local scholarships from, you know, the Kiwanis Club and some of these local organizations. But mm-hmm. I didn't get like the big presidential scholarship you expect. Right. The free ride. Yeah. yeah. Free ride, right. I was expecting the free ride. And because of that, I did a, a decent sized college scholarship search. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when UGA came back and said, hey, you got in, but you got to pay out of state tuition. Tech mm-hmm. came back, said the same thing. I also applied to Georgia State. They all said the same thing. Um, so those larger institutions were like, hey, we got a lot of valedictorians we can pick from. So, mm-hmm. you know, while it's impressive and you did a great job, there's some other students who we believe could be more deserving of those. And so okay. it was definitely a blow to the ego. Um, but one, it was something that I wanted to do. And what I ended up doing is I went to Georgia Perimeter College when it was a separate school at the time. Mm-hmm. And I established in-state residency, got my 30 credit hours to transfer in to uh to UGA by my uh by my sophomore year. That's great. That's great. 
Well, and so now you are, as we mentioned earlier, you are the chief of staff for uh, the president at Morehouse College. And can you talk a little bit about, you know, what does that job entail? And and, and maybe just uh, maybe share one thing that's exciting that's happening at Morehouse right now. It, it's interesting, Brennan. I, I'd like I'd like it to be a fixer. Right. Or a force, a force multiplier. Um, I, I kind of have my hands in some of everything. And having been previously the director of admissions here at Morehouse, you see a lot of the a, a lot of how the sausage is made. Right. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit. I, I served as a special assistant to the president when I was finishing up my doctorate at UGA. And so I did an internship for, you know, an entire year. Uh, here in the office of the president. And so I got to see a lot of the, the inner workings uh, of a college uh, and a really great, uh, and so the president took me to all these meetings and took me into, you know, just kind of took me under his wing to just show me, you know, this is what it's, what it's like. And, and part of my dissertation was about being uh, a black college president, not, not specifically at a black college or an HBCU, but a college president who identifies as black and or African-American. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what I do now, uh, having moved into this role almost two years ago in March, um, is just, you know, managing the president's priorities, right? Managing his uh, his time. Uh, you'd be surprised at who wants the time of the president and being at a smaller school, you know, it's a lot, he's a lot more accessible, right? Uh-huh. It's a lot easier to walk to the office of the president and say, hey, I want a meeting than maybe a larger institution with three or four different gatekeepers. Well, I'm the gatekeeper. In addition to maybe one or two other ladies here in the office uh, who are our executive assistants. Uh, but, you know, it, it's making sure, you know, the meetings and the the requests for his time are of, of importance. And if they are meetings that, may, that people would like to bring the president in, however, there's somebody else who can handle it mm-hmm. and handle it in a way that is much more quicker. Then we then I, I, I triage those those things to to that person or to that area. Um, yeah. But having worked in admissions, having you know done some you know worked in financial aid previously in some of these other areas, I'd say nine times out of ten I probably have an answer for something or at least know how to find it. Right. And so that is that's where I spend a lot of my time. Uh, just kind of the interesting things that are happening here on campus, as I mentioned to you all earlier, it's Founders Week, right? Morehouse College was founded in 1867, February the 14th. So next to tomorrow is going to be our 157th year in existence. Yep. And so, you know, we, there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of, there's a lot of pomp and circumstance, lots of, you Mm. know, uh, uh, lectures and there's a huge fundraising gala on, uh, on Saturday, there's basketball and baseball, uh, baseball games. There's a convocation on Sunday. And so it's a really busy time here for us, uh, particularly for the president, to make sure that he is at, you know, most of the events that he can uh, he can break away and get to. Uh, but it's also a great time for our students and our faculty mm-hmm. and staff to celebrate what Morehouse uh, is about, which is developing young men to lead lives of leadership and service. That's great. Thanks. Yeah. Well, I mean, these are. It's interesting because, right? These are these are challenging times for presidents, sure. college presidents, and I mean, there's been there's been a ton of articles lately in in the Chronicle of Higher Education and Inside Higher Ed and stuff about uh, just the the challenges of of being the the leader, you know, where the buck stops at at the college level, and right. you know, we've seen people stepping down, and um, it's it's they're 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 challenging times. Well, and I mean, one of the reasons why presidents can be successful is because of people like you. 
you know, honestly, I mean, and, and, you know, I know just through working with our chief of staff and prior chiefs of staff, I mean, if there's a good working relationship, if there's trust there, if like you said, you can sort of take things off their plate and help smooth the way for them on stuff. I mean, that is what sustains presidents oftentimes. So, I mean, what you do is is so critically important. And you've always, I mean, everything I've seen you do in the past is just, you know, at the highest level. And that's really why we wanted to talk to you because, sure. you know, as you mentioned already, you were the director of admission, um, you know, at, at Morehouse, you've got financial aid background. Now you're the chief of staff lawyer. You've seen things at varying levels. Yeah. Um, one of the things that's out there, you know, this sort of uh, term that we throw around a lot, right, um, right. within higher ed. And, and I guess to an extent, sometimes you see this in, in the press, so, is this concept of institutional priorities. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I say a lot, this idea that mission drives admission. Uh, you know, whatever it is you're trying to create, like that's going to have a bearing on admission decisions. Agreed. And so I guess what I'm kind of wondering is um, if you can help people who may or may not have ever heard that term understand, just broadly speaking, what is an institutional priority? Sure. And then, you know, drilling that down, like how do they how do they drive admission decisions? You know, um, can you maybe even either pick an example, be it from Morehouse or elsewhere, but just help people understand like, what I think people hear is, as you said earlier, I'm applying to college. They're going to be looking at my GPA, my SAT, uh, you know, what I've done outside the classroom, my essays, all the stuff that's on an application. Sure. But then behind the scenes, when we're in admission committee, there's these other forces and other factors that, yeah. yes, go through that filter. And and those are, in a lot of ways, institutional priorities. And so can you kind of like level set for us and, and help us understand that? So, you know, at, at the core, I think I, I, I term it as, as strategic investments by the institution, right? Getting the, the right size uh, or the right, you know, uh, percentage or level of, of a particular type of student that fits a certain profile, right? And so for, you know, a Morehouse, it may look a little bit different where our level of, and let's just let's use a term like diversity, right? Mm -hmm. Where we where we are open to any and all students, right? But in a particular year or a particular time period, you know, we may we may look at it and say, hey, we need more international students, right? And so, as you you'll see, and you can find a lot of these things in kind of like those um, those fast fact publications that we tend to put out after you know after the classes have been admitted, to say, okay, well, I've seen over the last the next year or two, there've been more and more you know, international students not only applying, but getting accepted mm -hmm. to Morehouse or mm -hmm. to, you know, a, a tech or a UGA. And, okay, well, you can kind of use those trends to say, well, I think this is where this institution is going. Mm -hmm. um, why and, and why they're trying to do that to create a, a much more um, uh, well-rounded college atmosphere for uh, for students here at the uh, at the institution. Uh, you know, and again, even talking about diversity, you know, maybe your thing is to say, hey, we need to bring in more students from underrepresented populations. So as the years go, you'll see kind of those numbers creep up, you know, and I'd say they, they'd be incrementally, because I think if you go too far down the rabbit hole, you can, you can, you can, a person, you know, not in the process can surmise like, hey, there's a, there's a thing here, there's something going on here that says, okay, right. well, you know, this school is 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 accepting and enrolling more students from these underrepresented populations at a at a growing rate, more than the norm, right? And so maybe there's an issue here that's been communicated to the admissions team, to the faculty and the staff to say, 
we don't have enough of this, right? Mm-hmm. There's not enough representation here at this institution. Uh, and and, and it gets, it, this goes across all levels, across all profiles. It could be students from rural areas, mm-hmm. uh, underrepresented students, student athletes, international students. Uh, and it really just depends on the institution and what their, what their needs are at the time. I think we, we talked a bit earlier, even from a financial aid perspective, as we're looking at the budget of the institution and how uh, admission uh, drive or admissions drives, uh, you know, a lot of that for a number of schools, particularly mm-hmm. those who don't have the larger, you know, financial backings. You know, are we looking at a number of students who are full pay students, right? Mm-hmm. Are we looking at the students who we can provide, you know, institutional discounts that are also that are more so considered you know, scholarships, but they're just taking a, a bit of hair off the uh, off the tuition class, right? Mm-hmm. Well, as those students who, you know, who are eligible for a uh, a, a, a funded scholarship, uh, those are things that presidents and, you know, budget managers and admissions folks or people who will be on their enrollment committee have to take into account to make sure mm-hmm. that, we're, uh, that we're right-sizing those. Because at the end of the day, you know, the president and the uh, the executive leadership are answering to a board of trustees or a board of directors to say this. We told you in the beginning of the year this is the direction that we're going. Have we met those? Uh, have we met those marks? Mm-hmm. And you know that is the the board of trustees, the directors. That's that's who hires and fires. You know, presidents, right? right. Uh, and ha- and if they haven't met those marks that they're saying they do, then they're they're questioning the effectiveness of that leader and the in the leadership team. Well, Absolutely. and. Uh, yeah, I mean, and so how do, you know, there's families I work with a lot um, will ask, you know, they've, some of them have heard this kind of term, in, institutional priorities, and they'll ask, you know, how do I know what a school's institutional priorities are? You know, what, how do I figure those out? And is it even possible to know? And, um, you know, like, what questions should I be asking colleges to figure them out? Can you Can you shed a little light on that? So I think, you know, it's a... You got to do a little digging. I think it depends on, you know, I think it depends on the institution. Um, I'd say that you can find a lot of these or what would be considered priorities for the institution by going to their website. Uh, you know, Rick mentioned a bit earlier about these um, uh, admit, these being admission admission driven. And so going to the website, looking at their mission, going to their admissions web page and looking at, you know, the information you know, year over year on how the institution has fared with bringing their incoming classes. You can look at GPAs and median test scores and, uh, you know, the demographics of students that are, you know, have, have moved through the uh, the admission cycle, the enrollment cycles uh, each year. Uh, but then you can also just, you know, flat out ask an admissions representative, right? Ask them, hey, what are your institutional priorities and yep. anybody worth their salt will know what those are and you kind of rattle those things off. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they can't, you know, that begs that go, you may have to find some additional folks who can who can provide that information or you might see that that, that might not be the institution for you for whatever reason, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think parents who were one in the know, but then those who, who may not be as versed in some of this industry jargon uh, can certainly, you know, you know, do the general things that they would normally do to find information. Um, or I'd also say, go take a tour of the campus, right? You can tell a lot by being in the space and understanding what's important to that institution, right? Um, you know, larger institutions, state institutions, private or, or other, uh, you can 
when you visit certain areas that are highly populated areas uh, where students kind of congregate and gather, you can get a feel of, you know, of how you fit in or how the student will fit in that space, right. level of comfortability for that student. And even as a parent, how comfortable you be sending your student there. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that can inform a number of questions that you've asked admissions representatives, alumni, uh, you know, staff or faculty. And when you get that um, when you get that audience with them to say, hey, I've noticed some things here on campus or I've noticed some things in your virtual tour, even a virtual tour. If you if you don't have the the means to to uh, to go in person, that'll tell you a lot, too. Um, I think right. when we did a and I'll give you this quick story. When we did a virtual tour, not a virtual tour, but we signed on to do virtual tours here at the campus, one of the things that we told the company uh, was that we needed to have our student ambassadors be the voices of the tour, right? And it was like, well, why do you need that? We, we've done really successful with other institutions, with our own, you know, folks who are, you know, who are considered the representatives. I said, because you don't get the same effect right. with, you know, with somebody who's just generally in the space than someone who is a Morehouse student that can give you the, the Morehouse experience. Mm -hmm. And I think it'd probably be the same for a number of institutions that have that type of, uh, you know, historical and, and context that says, hey, it's not just enough to say these are the buildings and this is the stuff that happens in them. And this is, you know, how much it costs to go here to hear some of the historical things and say, hey, this is why this building is important to this campus. Well, this is why this particular tradition is important to the student experience. That gives you uh, that gives you a lot to take away from. Yeah, you know, um, a lot of times when I talk about institutional priorities, you know, one of the things that I feel like is helpful is this analogy of saying, like, okay, priority number one is a certain class size, right? Yep. That is that is institutional priority number one, that every year at different schools, the size of the bowl varies. But if we're sure. all making soup, um, you know, you've got your Morehouse bowl size and I've got yep. my Georgia Tech bowl size and UGA or Ohio State or sure. Arizona State. I mean, we're getting into like vats and stuff, maybe not bowls, but. <laughs> You know, and then and then the, then from there, and of course that drives admission decisions because the number of apps dictates the number of admits you have to give to get yep. your bowl fill. Correct. And then from there, it's like, okay, what are we doing here? You know, you got some carrots; those are your business students, and you got mm -hmm. your celery, and that's your kids from out of state, and you know, whatever. Not to call business students cares, but you know, <laughs> I, I mean, I think everybody has to decide what are we trying to create here. What's the soup that we're trying to create? And there's distinctive soups from one place to the other, but. You know, that I think is a way that families can kind of get their head around it. And one thing that you said that I think is so important um, is ask, ask, you sure. know, I mean, like just this idea that um, like, all right, yeah, sure. Go look at a common data set and try to figure out if you want to the trends of where school is going, read their alumni newspaper or something or uh, whatever. But like probably at the end of the day, it's like, just ask them, you know, what what sure. are you what are you working on here? What are you trying to create? Where are you hoping things are going to go? I mean, I think that's super helpful. Let me let me drop a question to you and maybe Brennan, you, you know, in your experience, who asked for that information? Right. When I'm thinking about, you know, or when I was thinking about going to school with my mom and I think about families that I've worked with over the course of the, you know, the last 17 odd years. It's like asking for a data set. Right. To be able to dig through that or asking for you know, what's your institutional priority? Like, that's a, that's a scary question. When yeah. one, you're not someone who can, you know, who's adept at reading through and kind of surmising, you know, years and years of data points, but then also thinking about what if your kid doesn't fit in that priority? 
right? right? right. Thinking about, you know, hey, if, you know, Georgia Tech's priorities are to, you know, to increase its international student population, the student that is asking you this question doesn't fit into that particular priority. And you, as a leader in, 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 in the admission enrollment space, says that this is what our institution priorities are. And none of those, none of those buttons hit that student then that detract the student from wanting to go to the institution? How do you keep them engaged? Because they say, oh, I want to go to Georgia Tech. I want to be an engineer. I want to do these things. And Georgia Tech is the, is the cream of the crop. When you just have just told them like, hey, this is what the institution is looking for. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I mean, I think a lot of times it's kind of this like mindset of kind of reverse engineering the process, right? Like, like how can I, how can I fit myself into this school's institutional priorities so I can get in? And that's just the wrong approach, right? Sure. I mean, like this kind of like, how do I get inside your head? Right. <laughs> and, and yeah, and 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 it loses that idea of making the right match. Yeah, I think too, that's where a lot of schools, it's like, okay, sure, maybe we have a new dean in one of our colleges and we're trying to grow that. But at the end of the day, you know, when, we, when you start by talking about your bowl size, it's like there's room for lots of different students here. This is just, sure. this is just a, one of the ingredients that we're looking to kind of build in. But I do think that, you know, as you said, I, I think empowering people with this idea, like you should be asking the questions that are on your mind, whatever those are. That's right. important. And 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 I think too often people feel like some things uh, they're not able to ask or they're not comfortable asking. If it's really legitimately something you care about, look, you're, you're looking to make a big investment here. You got a lot of other choices. Ask what you care about. I think that's sure. super important. Um, can, on you, that, can you tell it's getting close to lunch? Rick keeps on returning to this whole, this whole soup yeah. metaphor. Soup thing, that's right, man. man. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, well, you know, TJ, um, one thing that we wanted to kind of, as we close out here, I just sort of ask you is again thinking about your background and we didn't even talk about this but your wife is also in higher education right so you, you, you're surrounded by it um what's what's something on your mind you know a lot of juniors right now i think in particular are starting to really think about next year that you know they're seeing these seniors graduate they're thinking mm-hmm. about you know their own applications whatever um what would be a hope for them or what would be something you would you would want them to kind of hear from you about college admission um dispelling something advice you know just like what's your sort of sky banner message for for families starting this process hmm. a, a lot of things come to mind uh but i'll, I'll go back take the tour right hmm. You know, and I've, I've heard of some students going to colleges sight unseen and they've had, you know, the greatest experience, but it's different to be in the space, right? It's different to be in the space and have the opportunities to tour, you know, the buildings and get the stories and see the students, you know, working in, in higher ed for the last, you know, 17 years. And you can attest to this as well. It's like it's different when there are students on campus and things are vibrant and lively, right? You know, giving us a uh, a tour in the summer looks a lot different. And that's probably when people can come because they have the availability. But when you can come on a, you know, a, a, a planned visit or drop in and, you know, on a football Saturday and see, you know, the, all the things that are happening. Or you can come in during a, you know, a Founders Week uh, activities and you can see students milling about. One of the great things here is that at, at 12 o'clock, there are no students in class. They're all milling mm. about campus at some point. Um, you know, and you see like the really rich thing that makes Morehouse what it is, right? 
And it is, I think it probably be similar at, at other campuses when there's this period of time where you can see students about the yard and just kind of, you know, seeing how you can really fit in the space. And if families are able to do that, whether they can do it in person or, you know, if they could do a, you know, virtual tour for the time being until they're able to do so, um, I, that's my, my biggest piece of advice. One of the things my wife and I like to do when we go and travel to any places, you know, here in the continental U.S. is we go and visit campuses. We go and visit bookstores. We go to dorm uh, residence halls, not dorms, go to residence halls. We go to these uh, student center spaces, you know, partly because that's her, you know, quote unquote, book of business as the VP of business services at Kennesaw State University. Uh, but it's just really fun to see how other institutions work, right? Mm -hmm. To see what, you know, what we believe to be best practices in the space, what we believe that would be um, important to students as they think about their college experience. So for the juniors out there who are listening and parents and anybody else, take that tour, you know, talk to that, you know, that that college counselor and encourage them that, hey, if you, you know, if you can't get a tour right now, figure out where there are ways for, you know, for students to engage in that institution enough to where they get a better understanding of how they they fit in that space. And then you can go down the rabbit hole of institutional priorities and say, well, you know, how many students came from this area? What's the median GPA? What's the test score? And, you know, you'll you'll kind of work that out as you see fit. But when you can get on the campus and feel the the vibe, feel the experience and have uh, have a student tell you about, you know, how they have grown as a, you know, as a young person. I think that is uh, I think that's very invaluable. Well, thanks for thanks thanks for the uh, the spaces that you're helping to create and for for joining us and sharing your voice and we we appreciate you. Perfect, thanks guys. I really appreciate it, Rick. Thanks a bunch for you know asking me to come on. This has uh, been a great experience, and you guys are going to do some uh, great, continue to do great things with this podcast. So thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. We hope you enjoyed that conversation today with TJ Snowden from Morehouse College. Um, and I did want to also thank our season two partner, Grown and Flown. I've worked with them for a number of years. They are an excellent resource for parents of high school students. I wanna encourage you in particular to check out their website, um, full of expert content on college admission and really all aspects of raising teens. Um, they have an affordable monthly membership called College Admission. Um, growing from for families who have questions about admission and how to pay for college. Uh, we've got a link in the show notes. That's a three week free um, subscription. And I'd recommend you check that out. Um, not only is it a place where you can check out their, their weekly live sessions, but they also have a uh, number of um, archived videos as well from experts in a wide range of fields that can really contribute as you go through the college admission experience. Um, we, again, appreciate you listening. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing you on the next episode and have a great week.